In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel reading for this, the first Sunday in Advent, gets right to the point, and so will I. Advent means coming. God came into our flesh in order to die. The Creator to shed His blood for us fallen creatures. The reason why Christ is born is shown as he enters Jerusalem on a colt. He came to die, to give his own life as a ransom, to purchase you, but not with gold or silver, with something infinitely more valuable, with something unspeakably holy. You have been bought from your sins, from death in the grave, and from hell. You have been bought by nothing less than the precious blood of God. But this isn't what human beings expected or expect. And it certainly isn't what human beings wanted or want. We want God to address our felt needs, whatever we deem that those might be. We want God to help us, but only in the way that we want to be helped. We want God to cure us, but only in the way that we want to be cured. We're not so offended by our own sins against God, and we don't really see why he should be either. Thus, we dismiss divine justice and divine wrath. Doesn't he have bigger fish to fry? After all, there are people a whole lot worse than me. In sum, we're not so different from that crowd that followed Jesus as he rode a colt into Jerusalem. They wanted him to be something he was not. And so do we. It is the definition of spiritual darkness, of original sin. Encurvatus in se is the Latin, curved in on ourselves. We might say today, self-centered, egotistical, and so deluded in ourselves that we cannot even see our greatest need whether it be our greatest need today or our greatest need every single day of our lives. We do not recognize what the collect calls the threatening peril of our sins. We do not recognize the danger of sin. But all too often we see it as breaking that legal code of heaven. Never mind that. Who cares about that? failing to recognize the peril, the danger that our sin cuts us off from the one who is life. And in cutting ourselves off from the one who is life, we infest ourselves with death and corruption of every kind. We cut ourselves off by sin from the one who is wisdom. And so we find ourselves 
spiritually confused. But so great is our spiritual confusion that while we're in the midst of it, we think ourselves spiritually wise. And our spiritual confusion wrought by sin, we fail to discern the true nature of this life. We think it's all about us. And so, whether literally in our houses we placard our trophies or online, metaphorically, by how we present ourselves to the world on Facebook and Twitter and whatever else is out there, we say, this is me. It's all about me. And Curvatus in say, the threatening perils of our sins, sins that infect us so deeply, we might even be cut off from faith in Christ, cut off from peace with God, at least inner peace, true peace in the conscience. So it is then that Christ comes, then and now, yesterday and today, not as the God and Savior we want Him to be, but as the God and Savior we need Him to be. At our best, the church follows suit. That's what's with the hymnody, the liturgy, reverent worship, those old stuffy hymns, some of which you can't even sing, that liturgy, parts of which you think are rote or passé, reverence, which is so easily set aside for entertainment, these things the church clings on to for this reason and this reason alone, they all say in harmony, guess what? It's not about you. And so too, these robes and the black clerical shirt I have underneath say, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Christ. And not just any Christ, but the Christ who came to shed his blood in order that we might have peace through him. Now in the verses immediately after our gospel, Luke tells us that as Jesus drew near to Jerusalem riding on the colt, he wept. Imagine it. All the people around him rejoicing, throwing their outer clothes on the road, waving palm branches, shouting Hosanna. And in the middle of it all, Jesus is weeping. Why? He was saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. The people were rejoicing because they thought Jesus was someone who he was not. They were rejoicing in the end over nothing. How very much like this world as it sets out all its Christmas decorations and Christmas garb. What are they rejoicing in? What are they celebrating? One can almost picture Jesus weeping because they know not what makes for their peace. Do you? then let us keep Jesus, this Advent, this Advent season, at the very center. 
Jesus who sheds his blood and thus gives us peace. After all, Advent means coming. God coming into human flesh for one reason, to die, that the Creator would shed his blood for his creatures. And that that blood offered once and for all on Calvary's cross would flow into the chalice for you this very day so that all your sins would be forgiven, your idolatry and pride, your fornication and greed. All of it would be answered when the Lord Jesus places his cup to your lips and says, for you, for the forgiveness of all your sins and the priceless blood of God is poured out on you, body and soul, so that you have peace with God. As Jesus was riding on the colt, the people were reciting a psalm, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. What they could not picture was that this king would make his kingship known by wearing a crown of thorns. And they said, peace in heaven and glory to the highest. What they could not picture is how peace in heaven would be won only by his blood and how the glory in the highest would be when the Son of God is lifted up in glory drawing all men to himself. Now hearing this psalm quoted, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. You know that verse is about the Messiah. They're calling you the Messiah. Set them straight. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. And eerily, so it is today in many places in the West where there are no more preachers because people cared not for the gospel or where preachers gave up preaching pre peace through the shed blood of Jesus. <coughs> Even there, stones do cry out. Stone statues, stained glass, wood crucifixes, fabric and paint all proclaiming, this is he who came for you and for your salvation. And all creation joins in, crying out, through fires and wars, through the great corruption in our country, through greed and everything seeming as if it will fall apart. All these things speak to our impending doom and cry out, repent. Repent and know what things make for peace. Jesus, and he alone, makes for our peace. His blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. That is our peace. The love of God, locked and anchored in forever by the Son of God. That is our peace. The King, the only true King, who comes in the name of the Lord, that is our peace. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.